Hey, what's what's up, guys? How you guys doing? This is another episode of the Millionaire Podcast, and this is the second episode in the Millennial Creative Series. First of all, the Millennial Creative Series is like um, a series I created to invite different creatives in Nigeria to come and share their experiences and talk about their journey in their creative or in their different creative spaces. And today I have a guest with me. He's a photographer. He's a also a motion graphic designer. And he's here to come and share his experience and to share his journey in his creative space. So can you introduce yourself? Um, hello, my name is Mufe Kolo. I'm the founder of Baker Imaginations. Um, photographer, um, motion graphic designer, digital artist based in Abuja, Nigeria. So, um, yeah, first of all, like, I'm sure some people here would want to really know exactly what you do. Some people might know about the photography, but but they might not really understand what it means by you being a data artist or motion graphic designer. So can you like give the audience or explain to them what exactly you do as a motion graphic designer or as a data artist? Okay, um, as a motion graphic designer, I make use of software like After Effects and uh, Illustrator and Photoshop to create, to put motion into graphics. The definition of motion graphics is a little bit broad and not really exact, but yeah. um, motion graphics is putting life or bringing life uh, motion into graphic work. So that's what I do. Um, I'm also taking up character animation right now. So bringing life into graphic illustrations, into graphic illustrations. And um, as a digital artist, I make use of Photoshop and um, I create art pieces with um, Photoshop tools and composite work. That's basically what I do. Okay, that's, that's nice. So what, which, what, which area did you start with? Was it photography you started with before you transitioned into... I, I was actually yeah, first with motion graphics. That was, um, I think, my 200 level or maybe 100 level in, in the university. So yeah. there was this... There was this training course, and uh, so I took up motion graphics first, and then I've been doing motion graphics for a while. Then later on, that was about two years ago, I took up photography, kind of accidentally, and yeah. then you no, know, it's and then I took on digital arts not too long from there, and that's right, I've been. Okay, so like, what what was like the learning process? Like, did you have all the Equipments, for example, now in the photography space, were you able to get a quality camera or you started with your phone to, you know, take your photographs and things like that? Like, how was like learning process for you? Um, okay, let me start from the motion graphics. From the motion graphics side, I had not done, um, at that point in time, I didn't have a yeah. laptop. So okay. I would borrow uh, a roommate's laptop. That's what I would use. I installed After Effects on the laptop, and that's what I used to practice and as I got into motion graphics later on I got my own laptop and I worked with that. Then uh, for photography, you know, when I was learning I didn't yet have a camera. So I just got a new phone at that time. Uh, it was a Techno Camera 11 Pro I think yeah. And that's what I was using to take pictures. I was taking pictures of my phone. So um, I and my family we just traveled out at that time. So I would take pictures of the travel experience and I'll post it on Instagram. Um got some good feedback and so I saved up to get a camera but you know my dad 
bought me a camera. That's the camera I'm using now. It's a um, Canon um, 850D or Rebel T7i. And um, yeah. that's what I've been using. And, you know, over the years, I've been you know, saving my money and good businesses. I've been acquiring more gear, but that's how it all started. So, you're saying that your dad um, helped you in buying the, the camera that you're using. So, that means they were actually supportive about you going into that particular creative space. They were cool with well, it. They were okay with it. Um, I saw it more as a hobby than as a career path. I didn't know my dad's ended. But, well, that's the old, uh, the old question of father did what. Yeah, it was supportive enough to at least um, invest in me to get me a camera and other stuff. Even recently, still invested in my um, photography. So yeah, it was supportive. It's supportive. Yeah, because I know that that is one thing that most creatives face, where they are like one of the challenges that they were facing is the fact that their parents are not creative, so they were trying to figure out ways they can be able to still focus on their creative journey and still try to please their friends at the same time. And it cannot be easy trying to do both. Especially when the person maybe went to school to study yeah. a very serious course and the parents and the parents are thinking that it's going to come out to be maybe a doctor ah. and engineer and the parents just say you want to become a photographer. They're looking at you like what are you saying? Yeah. You get yeah true. true. So, I started mechanical engineering. I started mechanical engineering. So you can imagine how that is yeah, yeah. That's true. So, <laughs> It's funny, but exactly. I, I, understand, I understand the struggle, but I guess what you need to do is just, you know, small wins and putting your work out there. Eventually, you know, people are going to invest in you and your projects. And, you know, for every small win you get, just announce it. So make them know that what you are doing is not completely useless. Profit, and, you know, profitable. People, yeah, profitable. People are noticing your work, even though you might not be making a million yet, but People are noticing your work. Every small win, every small job you get, and now people doing all that. You know, they time they start to respect you and you know, take off from there. Yeah. So, like in this, yeah, because you said at the beginning that you are the CEO of um, Big Cream Imagination. So, like, when did you decide to now? You're not the CEO. I will say CEO, but okay. But, but like, you found like, you're the founder, yeah? Yes. Yeah, so like, what made you now eventually now decide to start a it's like an agency the ultimate future plan is to become an agency okay. right now is just uh, it's more of like an outlet where i just pour out my creative just express my creative muscles and yes. the ultimate goal is to gather a couple of like-minded creatives for you know um digital agency for you know the digital world you know for yeah. social media content and all that but yeah. right now just my world of creative expression yeah, yeah that's what i say uh, that, 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 like, that, that, that's nice and i'm sure already you're getting um oh because I, I think you're very certain about that like you know you making money from what you do so, like, one major question that I know a lot of people want to know is, how were you able to get your first professional client? Like, someone that actually, that someone actually paid you for what you do. I think my first client was for my motion graphics. Yeah. I made a video for someone. I can't really remember what it was, but I know I 
at first I, I was posting at that time I would make videos and then post them yeah. online on, on my WhatsApp story and I think on my Instagram as well and then you know people will see that like oh I want a video like this and then you know we got talking and we got uh, um, you know, I did a job for them I didn't really get you know the really big pay at the time but it was still something uh, so yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. My first. I uh, guess I remember my first major client. That was for. Yeah. I don't know if you see it in um, Buga now. It was yeah. a shop, shopping. It was supposed to be like an online store. So I did the video. I still have the video. Yeah. And um, the the, um, the founder, he, 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 um, I think it was referred to to my work. He saw my work and I was like, yeah. oh, you know, all this stuff. And then I made this video for him and the video was actually really popular so yeah i think he played it in school at one time one day yeah I, I, I think i saw one video yeah so that's that was my first video but i did as i was it was i it was referred to my work and he started me up for, so, for a project so like since when you started this your journey now as a photographer data arts and motion graphic designer are there people that you were looking up to Especially from this country, that we're in that kind of space you're in, they're yeah. looking up to like to get inspirations and ideas. At the time, yeah. yeah. At the time, concerning motion graphics, yeah, I don't, I didn't see much Nigerians. Even though I knew Nigerians were doing it, but like the level at which I was impressed, I hadn't seen any Nigerians do that. Even now, even yeah. to now, I don't see people. Um, People like Drew and yeah. um, and, and um, Ogali um, yeah. and oh, one other person. And uh, oh yes, NS um, NS. You see him on Instagram, NS expectations. He was yeah, he was the guy that even taught me geography. NS, that guy was the beast. Um, <laughs> yeah, even Shei Ashowo um, and uh, Enang, Joseph Enang. So yeah, um, those are people that okay, these people because of much of that food, these are people that ah, these people they savvy work. And yeah. uh, the people that require me to, you know, train myself and get better. Yeah. But like so the kind of international work I had seen, I don't think I had seen any Nigerian to that level yet. Except for NS. That boy was a beast. But you know, I didn't see much work from like to people. So I still think I don't know, maybe Nigerians, based on how much of graphics, they are not as popular as you know, photographers and the rest. So but that's why yeah. I will not be exposed to most of them anyway. So most of my inspirations for motion graphics, they are more people, you know, abroad, like Ben Marriott, for example. And yeah. um, the school of motion um, school of motion team. So those are okay. you know people I look up to based on motion graphics. Um photography. We have story of Elvis. I'm sorry, you know him. Yeah, I know. I know story of Elvis. Yeah, story of Elvis. T.Y. Bello, and Kilichi Amadiobi, Midway. Yeah, a couple of guys in Nigeria. These guys, they're clean. They're really nice. And well, I personally, I'm more of a guy that's more interested in more commercial products. And also portraits too, but mostly commercial products. But I haven't seen okay. much Nigerians in that sector, that sector of photography. 
I mean, I know a yeah. lot when it comes to portraits and you know headshots and all that. There are many great yeah. people like that in Nigeria, especially even in wedding too. But yeah. commercial shoots has one place I think person is to break into more. And I hope to fill that gap in the coming future. So yeah. Those are people I love to photography. Okay, that's 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 actually nice. Then try your whole journey as a photographer, motion designer or digital artist. What are some of the challenges that you have faced in your whole journey? What are some of the challenges that you have faced? Difficulties are faced. Mm, getting clients and okay. believing in my own work actually. Yeah, that's a very big challenge actually. You know, when you know, post this stuff on Instagram and everybody like really hyping you and really whining you yeah. and all that, it feels good, yeah. but then you need to appreciate your own work for, for you know, yeah. yourself. So, there's some opportunities that will come that I was just like, ah, man, I can't do this. I'm not that good anyways. So, like, ah, stop for the whining. Uh, well, like, you know, you have to get to so you have to appreciate your own work. I think for a while, I took some time off Instagram, I didn't post anything on Instagram. I created, I was shooting a lot of stuff on myself and I was, every though I had this, I think there's this thing that every creative has been able to overcome, the need to get approval from other people. And I think one way to conquer yeah. that is to, is to shut down all your social media and just create content for yourself. Save it, enjoy it, like, just say, like, okay, this is good, I can do better here, these are things I messed up and all that. So that's what I did, um, I was shooting stuff and creating stuff for myself and then I didn't post it online. After I had enjoyed it myself, like, okay, there's now what's to come out. And I posted them later. And they're like, oh, this is mad. And all that. So, but yeah. then when I posted it, it wasn't just for the likes and the comments anymore. It was for myself. I knew that this is something, it's something that I like. It's something I'm okay with. So, um, I would say yeah. I'm, I've totally conquered the, um, the need for approval from other people because those likes and comments are very good. But, yeah. um, you know, it's, uh, it's something everybody should work out for sure. Getting clients yeah. so is a problem. You know, if it's in Nigeria, well, you know, find a way around it anyway. Slowly, yeah. you know, get easier to get clients. Um, I just recently um, joined the Ways of Afro creative group. So okay. that was a major win for me this year. That was really nice. Yeah. That was really nice. So, like, I'd like to know because now you've gone into like the entrepreneurial part of, you know, your industry. So, I'd like to know. How are you able to deal with ridiculous clients? Because I'm sure there's some kind of clients that you tell them your your how I put it. You tell them how much you're going to how much they will have to pay you for what you want to do for them. But because they yeah. feel that maybe they're not up to that level yet, or they're trying to just be ridiculous to use you up and know how to pay you for it. How do you deal with this kind of clients? Okay, number one, never devalue your work for anybody. Like, like I don't know what your financial status might be and how desperate you need the money but the thing about devaluing your work and you know, getting very low prices for your work is that it might be okay for you you might be able to be it but for the next um creative or the next photographer or the next graphic designer they are going to yeah. like devalue their own work because people are going to think that oh i don't know how much i can get in the market so you know i just pay just peanuts and you know i'll get my work and that's actually one problem we're facing now in the country. How yeah, yeah. So many people want your work, but for some reason they don't value it enough to pay your worth. So it's like you're some kind of major celebrity. That's when they actually value your work and all that. So it's 
so never ever devalue your work for one customer. Like so recently, I just somebody referred me to somebody. Um, I wanted a job for their wedding. I mean, yeah. this guy was just. I mean, I could already tell for the get-go. This guy was giving me stress. So I gave <laughs> him gave him the price for the job I was going to do. I mean, till now I've seen a hair back from the person. And I'll, I'm wow. definitely not going to reduce the price because I, I want to get a client. That is, that is never a good move. So never do that. Like, know, know your value. And you have to be able to determine how much you are worth in the market. Like, look at yourself. How much does it cost? I mean, how much is your time worth? How much are you spending on electricity bill? Nigeria now, fell has increased. What, what are you going to do? So, like... You have to think about the electrical charges and all that. I mean, right now, you might be staying in your parents' house and you don't think, okay, those bills are not on me primarily right yeah. now. I think it's something you start developing right now. Yeah. Charge at, as if you were the one that was paying the electricity bill in the house. And that way, you can gain more confidence, you know, in facing clients in the future. So, yeah. you know, when they refer to your organization, like, when they give them a price, when they start giving you all this, they start trying to offer you peanuts. Just it's better to just take an L and just leave them to devalue because of one person. Then that doesn't mean you can't do uh, you know, freebies for some people. Even if you feel like that would you know get your foot in the door, that's that's not bad. I also recommend that too. I'm doing some free for some people, but don't uh, devalue your work again. Fixing that because there's also one problem I had as well. I think that the question I wanted to ask now was because you know I've heard I've also heard that stuff about not devaluing your work, but I've also heard that there's some times where doing some free gigs is going to give you an edge to get yeah. a better. Yeah, that's the thing. So that's how the do you balance? Some... How do you balance? Like how do you know when to do a free gig and when to actually stand by what you are going to pay? Uh, what person going to pay you and that kind of thing? Yeah, there's some wisdom in that. Okay, take for example, um, you want to do more wedding shoots. Right, yeah. I want to do more wedding shoots. You've never done a wedding shoot before, yeah. So we don't really know how it goes and all of that. So let's say you find a fellow photographer who does more wedding shoots, and yeah. you volunteer yourself to, to you know go with him, you know, no pay nothing, just want to you know get online material, the work goes, you be his assistant and all that. He is your assistant and see how yeah. it you know, goes down. Or maybe there's a way. Let's say a friend of yours hits you up like. I say the childhood friend or something, and you guys are really close to give you a price. And I, okay, this is my normal price. This is what I normally yeah. charge. But you know, since you are my friend or close friend, this is what I will give you. But on a normal day, yeah. this is my normal price. So you can do that at your own discretion, nevertheless. Yeah. So there's some wisdom in doing free work to get your foot into the door. And there's some, free, uh, there's some you know, wisdom in you know, giving. You know, very discounted prices for people but ultimately it's your own discretion uh, by the leading of the spirits so yeah. there's no um one trick to everything but the ultimately don't devalue your work for you know for people like that where you just have to be wise you know when to take an L for future for you know, future yeah so uh the question that the guy told you about wanted me to ask you he said that why don't you take pictures like every other nigerian photographer and when he sent me this question, I was first of all wondering, like, is there a particular way how, is there a particular way Nigerian photographers take pictures? <laughs> and what now makes you different? <laughs> it was very well, I so took, I was like, I love the room. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> when I started photography, my inspiration at that time was um Aiden Pedersen, 
North Borders and Seventh Era. You can look them up on YouTube. So okay. there was something about their photography that just slapped so hard. Like it was definitely not notorious in Nigeria at the time. Yeah. So I was like, wow. <laughs> like it can be done here in Nigeria too. It can be done here in Nigeria yeah. too. I was like, nah, I need to do this too. So because I, I believe that just because I'm in Nigeria doesn't mean like I just locked out from the world. I mean, we can do these things too. They don't have to edge. I mean, yes. it's the same brand they was now. So, I mean, so, and then I looked at a lot of Nigerian photographers and it was usually repetitive, the kind of things they shoot, portraits, yeah. wedding, fashion, checking out. Yeah. Like, there's the whole world of photography. Like, there are so many brands of photography that Nigerians really don't do. And I want to do yeah. that. Right now, one of the best advice I might ever give a great is to make it like really this world of in Nigeria. Yeah. Because, for example, in the commercial world now, there are not very many commercial photographers. Right now, you said I'm going to develop my skills in commercial photography so much so that I'll, I can go head to head with you know, the best of them internationally. Right yeah. here in Nigeria, you have a old and unexplored market here in Nigeria and you can easily get clients with no competition. So. Yeah. That's what I came on doing. So I salute the Nigerian photographers and how good they are. I'm not even going to deny they're very good, far better than me yeah. most photography. But there is, you know, I think this continuous thing we're always doing again and again and again, it just gets boring after a time. People just have to, you know, stretch their leg and see other kinds of photography and try that. And stuff like yeah. that that I personally respect. When I see people like that, I don't even think twice. I just follow them. They start doing Instagram. Duro yeah. is one of those people too. Duro is, is not a normal Nigerian creative. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. But but do you think that the reason why a lot of photographers are like that way is because of the fact that that's like because that's what is accepted here and you know at the same time they don't want to just because sometimes being a creative I need you to actually take some time to just explore that industry very well. To really mm. to really to really to really discover a path that you want to follow. But maybe some of these photographers, because they see that, or because they don't really have the chance, probably because of the kind of place you are coming from, or they don't have the opportunity yeah. to explore so much without getting some kind of pay when exploring. Yeah. So they probably now want to stick to you know the normal portrait and those ones. Yeah, that's the one that they can actually get paid. Yeah. 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 So, but does that? But that's I, the, I, that's I, the I, good I'm, I'm not even, Okay. Yeah, I mean you. I I don't want to knock that at all because there's a lot of wisdom in that. I mean. You need money to fund your creativity. You get what I'm yes. saying? Yes. Yes. So there are times you need to do, you know, the generic work and you know just get some quick box that you can use and invest to learn the things that you really want to learn. Yes. So it, I mean, at the time you might have a very large interest in like car photography, but you know, you first of all you never have the experience or the portfolio for that. But you know, you can take headshots, you can take some portraits, you get some money. And then you take that money and invest it in more training for car photography. And then you yeah. build more expertise in that. And then that way you have funded and you, you funded and you create more content for the kind of work that you want. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I'll say about that. That's okay. So what do you not think about the whole Nigerian photography industry or the motion industry or the data artist industry in Nigeria? What do you think about the whole industry? Do you think there's a future? Especially with the kind of areas that you want photographers to start spreading it, not just the basic things that they've been doing. You think there's a future? Well, there is definitely a future. But, uh, I mean, right now we're getting better. I'm not even denying we're getting better. We're not done yet, but we're definitely getting better. I can't tell you that. 
that especially this new wave of creatives, you know, they are going beyond the usual stuff that yeah. typical Nigerian creatives do, do and they are taking it a bit further and they are doing more and they are even more you know, with the with the um with the introduction of the internet and you know even this COVID thing, COVID thing has brought us more into more the digital space. So yeah. people's work are getting out even more and people are getting more clients and all that. So and they are learning a lot more and there are there are more opportunities now for those skills that otherwise in the past would not have sold. So yeah. right now there's definitely a future. That's okay. That's okay. So, what are some of like the misconceptions that people have about you know photographers, motion, graphic designers? What are some of the misconceptions that they have? Uh, well, we, we always have an idea. Like we always have this creative idea. That's one misconception. And we're always like yeah. so creative. <laughs> but some days, after you shoot and you come back, you look at your photos like. Oh God, what what did I would take today? Better save this. Yeah, I guess. And, then, and you know, so some days they just that's lazy. You just lie down and do nothing for the entire yeah. day because you have no ideas, nothing. So, oh, misconception that you are always creative. Um, another misconception for the guys, let's say you're a photographer now, they think you know your photographer just gives you this access to babes. Yeah, I have oh. all the <laughs> numbers and all that. Bro, I'm still single. So, wow. <laughs> I, mean, I respect her profession. I'm a professional. I don't do that. So, please, if you think we just get all the big number, please, not, not the same. That's how it works. And, um, reception, reception. Oh, they think it's just pressing a button. Like, is it not just to do this and do that? Okay. Okay. Just stand and take picture, finish. <laughs> not just to stand and just chicken. Okay. Do you know how much I spend on training on the software? To even get you as a client, do you know how much it took me? So, yeah. you know, it's never, it's never just this, there's always more than what it looks like, and the more reason why you should not devalue your work. So, yeah, yeah, guys, concession that I, yeah. I can think of now. Yeah, that, that's okay. So, I know some people that want to get into this photography space. So, what's like the best advice you can give someone that wants to get into that space or someone that's already in the space? What's some of the best what are some of the advice that you just can give? Um, okay, number one, inspiration, but two, practice. And number three, which is the kind of test number one, is the need to or desire to not be average, not be mediocre. Yeah. So, inspiration, when you want to go into photography, Know, you have to surround yourself with people's work that you admire and yeah. you know by just looking at their work and being fascinated with it like how did they do this i would like to do this too you know and then you try with what you have at that, that point in time you try and create something yeah. similar so i'm pretty sure right now everybody has a smartphone so yeah. to go to photography is you know trying try out your phone right now phone photography is now a new Ever since iPhones are, you know, getting better and all that, so yeah. phone cameras are getting better. So you can take a lot of good photos with your um, phone camera. So yeah. you know, you take trainings, you experiment with this stuff, you take pictures, um, you get your equipment, and then you keep the circle running all over again with more inspiration, yeah. more in practice, and yeah. this desire to not be mediocre. I, I can't even nail that on the bed enough because. It's one thing to just want to take pictures 
and you know, just do. But then you see other people and so many creators out there. Like, their work is so good, and you yeah. have to want to be as good and even better. So you yeah. must keep like learning. You have to always learn how can I get my work to that level, and not just be satisfied with oh your work is mad, it's okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, really, how good is it in the world standard? Yeah. So you just have to need to want to be the best, <laughs> and so yeah. just keep that circle over and over again. Just get. Keep your keep yourself in a circle of inspiration. Like right now on my bakery imagination, there are so many of my friends that want to follow them back on Instagram. Yeah. On my personal page, I can do that, no problem. Yeah. But on that bakery imagination page, I only follow like fellow creatives so that I can keep myself like this cocoon of creativity where I'm always seeing yeah. good works and like amazing projects. I'm like, okay, how do I do more? It's like the more you see these things. <laughs> Subconsciously, even when you're shooting, you want to create this. So, you know, keep yourself with that cocoon of good um, inspiration is very beneficial. And then yeah. you have to, you know, try things out and practice it and all that. Um, a very big thank you for accepting this invitation to come and share your journey. And I'm sure everyone that has listened to this particular um, episode has gotten some kind of value and Cutting something that can help them in their journey as a photographer. I'm very, very grateful for accepting the interview. And um, I hope everyone that's listening to me too can take every single thing that Mofia has said to put into your journey. I remember he said that for you to grow in that creative space and generally for any creative space at all, you need to have inspiration. You need to surround yourself with people that are better than you that can inspire you to do more i need you to put this into practice and that's something that you also said talking about practice a lot because not the amount of courses and videos that you watch if you don't really put any kind of work yeah, into practice you might not even yeah that's poor work so and i'm thinking that i think i would add is being able to actually showcase that work because there's no way anybody will know that you're good at whatever you do if it's not yeah. being showcased so yeah that's yeah, how so you're like, gonna get friends you have to put your workouts you have to put good workouts if not, yes. yeah, just scam them. I try to scam them. Nobody going yeah. to give you the money if you don't know you can do it. So, put yeah. good work out there. Yeah, so that's another thing. Like, if you're creative and you're not a strong media, that, that doesn't mean you can't take space on strong media, but try to put your work out there. Yeah. Because nobody's going to work with someone that they don't, they're not sure of yet. They want to be sure that, okay, I'm good at what you do before they yeah. can now decide to work with you. Whenever, whenever the less, I'm sure this episode was good for everyone. And if you have any more questions that you might want me to ask Mofe later on, you can always send you your questions via any of the Stramia platforms that is in the description, whether it's Twitter or IG or my email. And every single um, details that Mofe has brought out, whether it's people that inspired him and his own personal agency page, I'll link everything in the description for you to also get the in case you want to, um, in case you want to talk to him directly. So thank you for everyone listening to me and thank you Mofe for accepting the interview and I'm very grateful to everyone. Yeah, I really so much. Thank you.